this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. And now, may you be blessed as we give our attention to the reading of God's Word. Some final uh, kind of pastoral words with these friends of his. He encourages them to keep on loving one another and to pay attention to hospitality to other people. He pushes them to be aware of the folks in prison or uh, those who are mistreated and to honor the covenant of marriage. And he says, reject the, the love of money. And finally, he says, God will never fail you or abandon you. God is our helper, so don't fear. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What great words, right? What great words. I kind of think those are good words for us this morning and today. It's really good news when we're facing transition, especially when we're not happy about that kind of transition. And let's face it, even good change is hard, right? I had a friend of mine in seminary who said change is good as long as it's good change. Well, that may be true, but it still doesn't mean it's not, it's not difficult. God's love and God's promises don't change. Um, we may feel like uh, we've lost our legs or they've been cut out from underneath us, uh, but God is still for us. God is still calling us and God is still inviting us to have this kind of reaction to who God is. Um, do you want to know what I found that reaction to be? It's not fear. It's not uh, getting lost in, in love. It's not in all that matters. The, the reaction that I see so often in scripture that people have when they encounter God is this very simple word. It's three letters. It's A-W-E. Say it with me. Ah. God calls us to be in awe of him. I love that word, awe. Um, I, I've told many of y'all before that in one of the churches that I served, I got in trouble for saying that God is awesome. Um, and they said, you've got to stop using that word. And I said, your creativity is just stunted. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Um, I, I think there's way too little awe in our world. There's way too little awe. And, and that's really sad. We'd much rather be uh, sure of things. We'd much rather be actually rigid and set in what we want to. We'd rather be at extremes and say, no, this is what it is rather than just being lost in the awe of paradox, lost in the awe of mystery, lost in the bigness of who God is and what God's inviting us. I think it's really interesting that most every time God shows up in scripture, the response is awe. Um, the presence of God uh, at, at, at Mount Sinai, when, when the, 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 the mountain shakes, right? And, and the cloud comes down, what happens? The people are in awe. Um, the love of God we see poured out on the cross. Yes, there was sadness, but it is awe-inspiring. When was the last time you looked at a cross and you went, wow, that's not just jewelry. That's not just pretty. Wow. God's creative power, God's care, God's upholding of the universe, God's ability to step into a broken creation, it's awe-inspiring. It's awesome. When was the last time you got lost in awe? 
Three years ago, uh, I stood before you on a Sunday morning and I shared a phrase that for me is the most purposeful phrase that I have ever encountered. Um, It's grace and peace. Three simple words. I use it in my signatures. I use it on phone calls. I I speak it over us as we prepare to leave. Uh, And from day one, my hope has always been that you would speak it back during the benediction. Um, They're words of awe. It's not a mantra. It's not just something cute to say. They're words to live by and to share with other people. They're words of purpose. They're words that invite us, whenever we say them, into some kind of invitation to receive and then to give. Uh, Grace, it's God's unmerited favor. It's a gift that we could never, ever, 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 ever achieve on our own. It's a lot of ever's. Um, It's an approach to life that says the freedom from the chains that kind of bind us and keep us down and locked up and broken into listening to old voices and old records that hit over us over and over again, especially when those voices say that you're failure. It's God's wooing love in the midst of that that invites us back to wholeness. Grace is forgiveness and mercy and it's favor. Do you realize that the God of the universe looks at you with, with favor? He doesn't look at you going, oh man, just one more time you mess up, I blew and it's done. That's not God. Peace. Peace is not the absence of war or hostility. It's a steadfastness in the midst of that. Peace is the assurance that all we have, that, or that, that all is well and all will be well no matter what we're going through. Peace is an inner wholeness that reminds us that being right isn't necessary. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just so different from the world around us? Peace reminds us that um, while righteousness may never be in style, it sure looks good and is regularly this craving of the soul at war. Peace is the stillness that comes from knowing who holds everything together at Middle Sea. And of course, on their own, grace and peace, they do, they can just be words. Um, They can be just ideas at the very best, and thankfully, they're not meant to be left on their own. Paul begins each one of his letters with some kind of form of grace and peace. His letter to the church at Colossae, in my opinion, is his magnum opus on who Christ is. And Paul begins it by sharing a blessing of grace and peace and a reminder of this confident hope that we have in Jesus. A hope that is our good news. It's the good news of Jesus that changes everything. And it makes living grace and peace um, not just a potential but a real possibility. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate today on Pentecost that empowers us to to live this good news and give this good news to the folks around us. I think Pentecost is the most underrated day in the church's year. I remember in, in in, in Louisville, getting people to wear red on Pentecost Sunday was easy. In Lexington, it's much more difficult. We don't wear red. I had one guy tell me I don't own anything red in my household. Okay. Pentecost is if Pentecost and Ascension are two days that are this launching pad for what was accomplished on Easter. You know, Jesus rose. Woo! That's great. 
Jesus rose and now lives inside you and me because of the ascension in Pentecost that changes everything. Not some distant God. Um, he takes the throne of creation and releases his kingdom on earth through a, through a group of folks he calls disciples. And the best part, he not only releases this kingdom, but he gives them the full fury of creative energy called the Holy Spirit to each and every one of them. The creative energy that brought creation forth lives in the follower of Jesus. That's more power than Marvel or DC Comics could ever even imagine. Pentecost is the day when the church was born. Yes, it's not just a day of, of formal religion where we sit in pews and rows and have a nice little pretty service. It's a day when men and women were drenched and connected to the very presence of God. I was reading this morning in my, in my devotion. As Jesus speaks to the disciples, he says, the spirit is with you, but the spirit will soon be within you. When was the last time you realized that the presence of the living God is inside of you? Wow. Paul would later say, you, believer and follower of Jesus, are a temple of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place, the abode of God here on earth. That means wherever you go, catch this, God's holiness and beauty and purity and goodness and love goes too. Did you know that? God isn't just way up there, far away somewhere, going, oh, I really hope they don't mess this up. No, God is right here within us, releasing us to be God's hands and feet and voice sometimes, wherever we go. But Jim, I got stuff, and that's really, you know, that, that God living in me thing, that's only for really good Christian people. The ones who have all their acts together. The saints. Nope. You know what a saint is? A saint is a follower of Jesus who walks, stumbles, falls, and gets back up. Perfection is God's job in you. Your job is simple. Let the Spirit be so real in life that God can bring perfection out in you. Your job is to let the Spirit's action, to let that holiness seep into you each and every day, that when you stumble, confess it, get back up, and go. Keep on giving the love of God. Your job is to live lives that show grace and peace wherever you are. And when you don't want to, admit it. I don't feel like it, Lord. Okay. My friends, when the author of Hebrews shared those words, I don't think he was playing a game. Those folks in the middle of transition, um, they, they were worried about their very lives. The world was turning upside down all around them, and yet their, their instruction, their grounding, was a very profound and simple reminder. The God of grace and peace and the person of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the King of the cosmos, the Redeemer and Shepherd and Healer of our lives is the same yesterday, today, and will be for all time. When the world gets out of whack, when your world gets out of whack, when those voices start telling you that it's never going to be okay, or when you or someone near you falls hard and hurts, he never changes. The middle sea of the universe. And his love will never stop pursuing you. It will also never stop empowering you to love like him. 
My dear friends at Andover, you have the same Jesus, you have the same Father, and the same empowering, raging spirit that lives within you. So don't waste a second. Don't just hear grace and peace. Don't just put it in emails or in signatures. Don't let it just be a passing phrase. Live it. Watch and see what God can do as you let it live through you through the power of the Spirit. Phillips Brooks was one of America's greatest pastors during the Civil War, and I think his words capture best the idea of grace and peace and Pentecost in the midst of the transition. He said this, Oh, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be strong men and women. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for power equal to your task. Then the doing of your work will be no miracle, but you will be the miracle. And every day you can wonder the richness of life which has come to you by the grace and peace of God in Christ Jesus. You can be the miracle. Grace and peace. Pentecost filled with the Spirit of God people. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for this day and thank you for um, the story. The story that you've invited us to live. Thank you, Lord, that um, though all of us have voices, as TJ shared, there is one voice that matters. It's your voice that lives within us and speaks over us this incredible abiding love that speaks over us grace and peace continually. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of Pentecost. It's not that just you, you rose from the dead. It's not just that you ascended to the throne of heaven and you're barking out orders, but you gave us your very creative spirit living inside of us. It's not just you next to us. You're within us. So, Lord, I pray that as we go through ups and downs and transitions, that we would hear your voice. That we would be your voice for somebody else. We would be those empowered folk. More powerful than any superhero that could be dreamt up. To share grace and peace with the world in desperate need of it. Thank you, God, for all that you've done for us. As we come to your table, continue to speak and, uh, and be with us. Pray all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said.